Hey, uh, mitts and chicks. Hi everyone, welcome to my mini episode of Mitts and Chicks. I'm super excited about this because even though my team didn't make it to the playoffs, we've got a really interesting offseason ahead of us. So while my beautiful co-hosts are prepping you for their teams in the playoffs, I will be giving you an all-you-need-to-know guide about the Red Wings offseason. I'm really psyched about it and course there's no shortage of things to talk about especially considering what i mentioned on our episode this past week jeff blashell's contract was not renewed he will not be returning to detroit so we're going to talk about that and everything else you should be watching out for this summer i'm going to mention right now steve eiserman had his end of season press conference just the other day i'm not going to do a full debrief of that or anything right now but i will sprinkle his comments in throughout this episode uh where they're relevant so whenever i say eiserman says this he actually said it. I promise I'm not making things up because I know that Iserman is kind of a locked vault when it comes to these kinds of conversations. But anyway, we're going to start with the most interesting thing that will be happening this offseason, which is, of course, the hunt for a new head coach. Iserman did admit in the press conference that he doesn't really have a clear vision of what he's looking for in a coach yet, nor does he have a list of names. He says he's not really looking for a specific type of coach at the moment, but the conspiracy theorists are losing their minds on Twitter. Anyway, the biggest name that's being thrown around that I've seen a lot of people talk about, not necessarily realistically, but in a dream scenario, is Sergei Fedorov. He's a Red Wings legend, and obviously the Wings love keeping their alumni around. People are kind of obsessed with the narrative uh, because Fedorov is currently coaching in the KHL, and everyone really likes to dream of the day that he defects from Russia once again to rejoin the Red Wings organization. Obviously, there are some geopolitical implications of that, so I really don't see it happening, but obviously, if Fedorov came back to Detroit, we'd all be thrilled about it. Um, There's also talks of coaches from Europe. Iserman did specifically say that he's not really staying within the box of NHL coaches or even American coaches. A few people have been talking about uh, Roger Ronberg, head coach of Frölunda in the SHL, the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about Verlinda later because they are the Red Wings' personal talent farm, but that's just a name that I've seen a couple times. Uh, A few people have also noted that the two coaches that Iserman hired back in Tampa were coaches with no previous NHL experience, so some people are theorizing that he'll do the same thing once again. Um, One of those coaches that people are thinking that fit that mold is uh, Benoit Gru. He's the head coach of the Lightning's AHL affiliate, the Syracuse Crunch, and he has no NHL experience. Plus... He knows Iserman from his time in Tampa Bay. So that's a name that I've also seen pop up up a couple times. 
Um, it's also worth noting that assistant coach Doug Huda and goalie coach Jeff Salaiko did not have their contracts renewed either. So do not only look out for a head coach, look out for an assistant coach and a goalie coach coming in soon as well. I am not going to spend the entire episode talking about the coaching hunt. It would be really boring and there are a million articles and other podcasts that you can check out uh, to learn more about that if you'd like. So we're going to move right on to the draft. Everyone knows that Iserman is a godly drafter. He made a Calder candidate out of a fourth pick and a Calder winner out of a sixth pick because we all know that Reed Sider is the Calder winner. And this is obviously good news considering um, the Wings are completely cursed in the draft lottery. Um, We're not going to win it this year. We're not going to win it any year. We've never won it. Eh, I don't know if we've never won it. That's a bold claim for me. But the point is we finished eighth... uh, to last with the eighth best odds for the lottery and are likely going to be picking eighth or ninth for that reason so we're gonna assume eighth and we're gonna talk about some names talking um and we're gonna talk about some names being talked about in that area one of the bigger ones that i've been hearing is frank nazer from usntdp the wings are in desperate need of a competent 2c which then opens up the should you draft by position or best available debate Like I said, the Wings need a 2C, and they really, really need defense. So the question is, will they draft Nazer if there is potentially a better option available at that time? Of course, that's not my problem. It's Steve Iserman's, but just something to consider heading into the draft. Uh, Some other people expected to be drafted around where the Wings are expected to be picking are names like Savoy, Gauthier, Juracek, uh, Kemmel, Geeky, Yurov, Lambert, just to name a few. And of course, depending on who you talk to, everyone has their own idea of how the draft is going to go this year. So those are just some ideas of people, some names to be looking out for come draft time. Uh, Speaking of drafting, we're going to talk about some prospects because the Wings have really exciting prospects that it will pay to keep an eye out this offseason if they are playing. First and foremost is Simon Edvinson because he just signed his ELC. He is coming to Detroit next year. Whether he's going to be playing in Grand Rapids or Detroit is the big question. Uh, He played in Forlunda in the SHL, which I brought up before, which is actually where Lucas Raymond played. Um, And Edvinson won SHL's Defenseman of the Year this season. And for context, the last person to hold that title was Marit Seider. Everyone's really hoping that he makes the team because he's a very exciting young player, and with our defense situation, it's not like he has much competition. Plus, Iserman literally mentioned that he's optimistic about his chances of making the roster this season in his press conference. So, high hopes, fingers crossed, for Edmondson. There's plenty of other players uh, that the Wings have in the SHL right now, including William Wallander, who was voted top U20 player in the SHL this season. He plays for Rogola, which is where Cider played, just so you know. And of course, Elmer Soderblom, also in Forlunda with Edvinson. And there are rumors of an ELC this summer. Iserman says that there is mutual interest, and it would be really exciting to see him over in Detroit this coming season. He's a winger. He's six foot eight. He's terrifying, and I cannot wait to see him play. Um, if you have any interest, I'd super recommend looking up a Soderblom or even an Edmondson um, highlight reel. They're crazy, so do that if you haven't. Other players that we can look at in the SHL for further in the future, we're not really expecting them in Detroit this year, 
but um, keep an eye out on Theodore Niederbach, Pontus Andreasen, and Albert Johansson. They've all had pretty good seasons, and um, very excited to see more of them in the coming years. Uh, speaking of Swedish prospects, uh, Jonathan Berggren, he's from Sweden, but he's in Grand Rapids right now. If you didn't know, the Grand Rapids Griffins are the Red Wings AHL affiliate. He's a winger over there, and he was named April's Rookie of the Month yesterday. He beat the Griffins rookie point record this season with 64 points in 70 games played. That makes him 12th in points in the entire league. And Iserman specifically mentioned that he has improved in the areas that the team had asked him to work on and notes that he really does have a shot at the roster this year. He said he obviously wasn't setting his name in stone yet, but is excited to see him at training camp, just like the rest of us are. Um, he wasn't called up at the end of the season when the injuries started stacking up on the wings. Uh, some explanations that have been thrown around for that are that he was needed in Grand Rapids or he was better off in Grand Rapids. Um, specifically, since he was on such a heater over there, they didn't want to interrupt that. Um, and he's going to need that momentum going into training camp. So no point in forcing him to play the Florida Panthers or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, going into the offseason. Let him keep his momentum. Um, but yeah, some other top prospects that you can keep an eye on uh, this summer, if they're playing, that is, are Sebastian Cosa. He's um, he's a goalie for the Edmonton Oil Kings. I'm not super versed in the AHL's playoffs this year, but I do believe the Oil Kings are in. So if you are able to watch, definitely keep an eye on Cosa. Iserman says he's not ready for the NHL yet, but... Um, I am excited to hopefully see him getting to that level in the next few seasons. Um, And then there's Carter Mazur, who is one of three Detroit prospects in uh, at Denver. So NCAA champ. And then Bratstrom, who's another goalie. He's in Grand Rapids, so you can't, you know, watch him this summer. Not that you can watch Mazur either. But he had a good season, and mainly I bring up Bradstrom because whenever he wins first star of the game in Grand Rapids, he does a little somersault on the ice, and he looks like a baby panda, and you should look up a video of it. It's very cute. Uh, So those are just some prospects who, if you are able to keep an eye on them, I'd recommend doing so. But let's move on to our current roster, our current players, and the possible moves that could be made this uh, offseason. Eisenman did note in his press conference that he really has no interest in making any big trades this offseason unless, of course, something big comes up. But we're going to delve into the conspiracy theories and rumors anyway. Uh, The first move that I think is the most likely to happen is uh, I don't think Grice is coming back. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and I personally don't think he's going to return. I think that's why the Wings picked up Helberg and why they've been auditioning him in practices at the uh, for the last few games of the season. I love Magnus Helberg. I honestly hope that he is our backup goalie next season because A, once again, sickest pad setup ever. Um, he's adorable, and the Wings have a perfect record with him on the lineup. I am aware that it was only three games. I am also aware that he only started one of them. I think he's a good luck charm, and I stand by it. So, hoping to see good things from Helberg this season, and would not be surprised if we don't see Grice this season. Speaking of conspiracy theories, Tyler Bertuzzi was being actively shopped ahead of the trade deadline, and with vaccine mandates starting to let up, uh, he might have more luck with some teams, especially Canadian teams, as I do believe the Maple Leafs were looking at him back in March. 
the second half of his season was pretty disappointing but when he is you know playing his best he's putting up a point per game um i personally don't think he goes because he's such a big locker room personality uh total team mom and he loves being in detroit but there were rumors of the trade in march and if something really valuable comes up this summer i wouldn't be surprised to see him go i don't want it to happen i don't like the guy but he's a damn good player and he plays with 110 percent every time he's on the ice but we'll see what happens um in terms of other guys moving around uh Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser are both unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. And I'll talk a little bit more about free agency coming up, but Stahl and DeKaiser are a special conversation uh, that they get to themselves because they are both alternate captains. So let's talk about this for a second. Mark Stahl was also allegedly being shopped uh, back at the deadline. I really don't know enough about the stall situation to predict whether or not he'll be back, but um, I just wanted to put that out there. De Kaiser, on the other hand, I adore, but his body is giving up on him. He's been playing through a million minor injuries like all season. They waived him this year. They put him on IR this year. I just do not see him coming back for a full season of NHL hockey and with him also becoming UFA. I don't think he'll be back in Detroit. And it sucks to say it because I do love them both, but they might not be back, which then opens up the question of who gets the A when they're gone, assuming they both are gone um, or one of them. Uh, worth noting, when both Larkin and Stahl were out, Gagne wore the A with DeKaiser, but Gagne is also going to be a UFA. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I do actually think that they will re-sign Gagne because um, in addition to being a veteran and a leader, um, he's also actually producing. <laughs> so I think they'll bring Gagne back. Um, there is obviously a huge campaign to give Marit Sider the other A, which, you know, he's shown a lot of maturity this season and he's brought a lot of life to the team, but he is 21 years old. <laughs> He's been in the NHL for a season, let alone been in Detroit for a season, and um, I just don't see it happen. Like, I'm sorry. I would love to see it happen, but I think they'll give it to an older guy. Like, I, like that's a lot of pressure to put on a 21-year-old, and I don't see it happening. Um, a huge consideration in uh, moving Stahl or DeKaiser or Gagne for that matter is the presence of veteran leadership in the locker rooms on and off the ice. Um, you know, there are alternate captains for a reason. And when you're building a younger team, it's, it's hard to find that veteran leadership unless you are keeping it around when you need to. So that's just something to note when you consider whether or not they're going to move Stahl or DeKaiser or let Gagne go. We'll see. Um, speaking of veterans, Iserman actually mentioned in his press conference that he has no intention of trading young players or prospects or high draft picks for veterans. And if he trades a young player or a high draft pick, um, it'll be for a young player or a high draft pick. He isn't interested in bringing veterans in. So if he's getting rid of, well, 
I guess he could trade a veteran for a veteran, but the point is that's not what he's looking for this offseason. So just some things to consider. I'll talk a little bit more about free agency later, but uh, yeah, those are the big names that we might see moving around. Um, actually, let's just get into free agency now. It's easy. Um, the notable upcoming UFAs, just as a refresher, are Grace Stahl, Kaiser Gagne. The notable upcoming restricted free agents are Zadina, Stevens, Wallman, and Yolevi. Zadina, poor guy, is injured, which I'll get into later. I'll talk a little bit about team injuries. Uh, but once they put him on a line with Verona, it like they clicked immediately. He didn't have the best season, but he started showing up, and I would not be surprised if they re-signed him. Stevens had a really weird year because he was out with injury for most of it, and by the time he came back, literally I believe his first game back was the first game that they played after they'd been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. So he was already playing on a pretty defeated team coming off of injury. So it's really difficult to um, kind of gauge what what his production would have been like if that hadn't been the case. I could see them re-signing him. I don't see why not. Um, Jake Wallman, I love the guy. Uh, he's brand new, just got him from St. Louis this season. And again, wouldn't be surprised if they re-signed him. We are desperately lacking in the defense category. He's a great offensive defenseman, and I would love to see him back in Detroit. Uh, Levy, I think they will let him go. I don't think that they're going to re-sign him. They picked him up off of waivers like mid-season, second, third of the season or something. I don't know. And he's done very, very little to make any kind of impact in Detroit. So... I highly doubt that they will be bringing Levy back next year. Iserman also did a really good job of getting rid of players who are going to be UFAs. Uh, Stetcher, who's in LA now. Uh, Nick Letty, who's in St. Louis. And of course, Vlad Mesnikov, my beloved, who is in Dallas. The three of them, by the way, are all playing for playoff teams right now. I'm very happy for them. Um, you know, go get them. You deserve it but um, I do miss them. I want Nemesnikov back. Uh, A lot of Red Wings fans are really hoping that he will sign back in Detroit in free agency. Obviously, the odds are not super high, but a girl can dream. Eiserman also said that he has a long list of players that he'd like to take a look at in free agency, Uh, but of course, he has no idea if he'll be able to get his hands on any of them, as is hockey. Uh, let's talk a little bit about injuries. As I said before, Zadina's recovering from an injury. Poor motherfucker got appendicitis in Florida. I believe it was after the Panthers game. I really hope it wasn't during the Panthers game. And he had to have his appendectomy in Florida. Um, but that recovery process isn't particularly strenuous. So he should absolutely be back for training camp. Uh, slightly more major injury, uh, which we just got an update on today, by the way, uh, was Dylan Larkin's season-ending core surgery. He got it with six games left on the season, and I'm assuming one of the reasons they chose to do the surgery before the season ended was to give him those extra couple weeks of recovery time. Uh, And just today, uh, the Red Wings announced that Larkin's surgery went perfectly, and well, they announced back when it happened that he underwent successful core muscle surgery. Today, they announced that everything went well and that Larkin is expecting to be back on his feet and ready to play at training camp, which is very exciting. Um, Obviously, I kind of figured he would be, but it's still great to hear from the source. Um, Robbie Fabry was out for 
a really good chunk of the season with his third torn ACL. I feel awful for the guy. Um, like, that's just terrible luck. And obviously, ACLs, that's a really grueling injury. Um, the Wings haven't posted any updates on him. We don't have any timeline. And as much as I'd love to see him back on the lineup um, this coming season, I, you know, no one wants to rush a recovery from an injury like that. So thoughts and prayers for Robbie Fabry and hoping that he has a quick and healthy recovery. Uh, Giovanni Smith was also out for a good chunk of the end of the season. Um, I don't know exactly what his injury was, but I do know he was playing in a no-contact jersey for a little while. Uh, most recently, um, in like the Red Wings posts from morning skates and practices, towards the end of the season, I do believe he was wearing a regular jersey, so hopefully that means that he's um, mostly back and ready to go, um, and we'll see how he does in training camp. And then um, Calvin Picard, actually, who's a Grand Rapids goalie who was called up uh, under emergency conditions, was injured in his game. Uh, so he, I do not have information on his injury because I don't remember the details, but he is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So we'll see how that plays into whether he gets re-signed um, by Detroit and if he'll pay, uh, play for the Griffins this coming season and speaking of the griffins let's talk a little bit about the ahl players who played with the wings this season and what that's going to look like next season the griffins did not make the playoffs this year but um a lot of their players got their time in the sun with the wings uh kyle chris quolo taro hirosi chase pearson and as i mentioned before calvin picard Smith and Valeno had been in and out last season before securing lineup spots this year. Valeno actually got moved up and down as a bit of like a chess piece. Um, if I recall correctly, Iserman put him in Grand Rapids to free up space for Vrana. It was a whole thing. He was playing so many games with that roster um, when Vrana was coming back from injury. Valeno was literally in Grand Rapids for like a day before they called him back up whatever the point is his contract says that he can still be moved around which is why just the other day he was moved back to grand rapids joe Valeno, that is and um i'm guessing it's just so that he can have more ice time so he can maybe develop a little bit in grand rapids uh for the end of their season uh before coming back up to the red wings for training camp and he was sent down with chris quolo and hirosi uh, then, of course, uh, Giovanni Smith's injury might be a factor in how he plays at training camp, depending on the severity and how um, his recovery went and where he's at right now. So we'll see if he makes the lineup this year. Um, outside of the AHL, we also have the double IHF World Championship coming up with plenty of wings playing uh, for that. As a matter of fact, Jeff Blaschel is going to be an assistant coach for Team USA and one of the Red Wings athletic trainers, Piet Benzant, uh, is also going to be um, working for Team USA as an athletic trainer. Uh, Pius Suter will be playing for Switzerland, uh, Jakob Vrana and Philip Ronick for the Czech Republic, Marit Seider for Germany, Alex Nedeljkovic for Team USA, and Sweden's a little bit interesting. So Magnus Helberg is the only Detroit Red Wings player who will be playing for Sweden. Jonathan Berggren will be playing. Uh, he's in Grand Rapids, in case you forgot. And Elmer Soderblom is with the team but has not yet secured a roster spot. So fingers crossed for him to do that. 
Lucas Raymond was initially planning to play and like mentioned it. He was saying he was excited because as much as it sucks not to get into the playoffs, it does open up opportunities like the world championship. But then just the other day announced that he will not be playing, citing exhaustion from his first ever 82 game season. His agent told him to take it slow, um, or at least that's what his agent said. (laughs) Um, And I just want to take a moment to commend Lucas Raymond for this 82 game season because only three Red Wings played in all 82 games this season. That's Pia Suter, Lucas Raymond, and Marit Sider. Sider and Raymond have never played 82 games uh, seasons in their lives. So huge respect for both of them uh, for doing that. And of course, Pia Suter. Uh, and I hope he rests up this summer and is, you know, raring and ready to go for training camp. Um, just to wrap it up, uh, I want to remind everyone to trust the Iser plan. <laughs> Nobody knows what Steve Eiserman is doing. According to the press conference, Steve Eiserman doesn't really know what Steve Eiserman is doing, although he did make a comment that was like, if you couldn't tell already, I'm trying to say as much as I can without saying anything at all. So he might have some inkling of what's happening, but no one should ever presume to know what's going on in Steve Eiserman's head. And, um, you know, other than that, of course, keep an eye out for new coaching staff. Um, pay attention to the guys who are playing in the world championship and any prospect who you can check out. I do believe, ooh, I don't know if the uh, SHL playoffs have concluded yet, but if they haven't, um, the Wings have, you know, practically a player on every team in that freaking league. So keep an eye on them as well. And um, I think to finish things off, I'm just going to take you through my bracket really quick. I won't over explain myself because I kind of picked everything on vibes. Uh, and then uh, we'll finish up this episode. So to start, first round, I have Colorado over Nashville in six. I have Minnesota over St. Louis in six as well. Calgary over Dallas in five. I have the Kings over Edmonton in seven just because I like the Kings and I think it would be fun if everyone was like freaking out about the battle of Alberta and then it never happened. I would love to see it happen just for the record, but I think it'd be funny. Uh, Florida over Washington in five. Tampa Bay over Toronto in six. Carolina over Boston in five or six. I haven't decided yet. And New York over Pittsburgh in six. Uh, For the second round, I have Colorado, Calgary, Florida, Carolina. I know, super uninspired. It's the division leaders. Big whoop. But in my defense, they are the division leaders because they're the best teams. So leave me alone. Conference finals, I have Colorado versus Florida, and there are two reasons that I picked Colorado to win the Stanley Cup. The first one is because the Avalanche were my pick for the cup at the top of the season, um, and I like being right, so I've been actively rooting for them to win the cup all season because I need to prove myself right. And the other reason is the President's Trophy curse. I I just don't think that you can win both the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup, and I know that teams have done it, but they are the exception. So that is why I picked the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. And obviously everything I said is going to be wrong. If you want to put money on any of this, just do the opposite of what I said. But uh, yeah, just to wrap it up, thank you so much for listening to me ramble about my non-playoff team. And I'm really excited to shoot a new episode. Um, I'm just excited to shoot some episodes or record some episodes, sorry, uh, during playoff hockey. So go enjoy your playoff hockey. I believe the Penguins and the Rangers are currently in their third overtime. So, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Bye.